Dirty Dogman Man, I got something to tell you. It seems like I got a target on my back. So I'm making an announcement right now. I'm done giving the panache, adding the pizzazz, all that stuff to this podcast. So I'm letting you know, I'm bidding you adieu. I'm hitting the road. I'm going to be gone. I got to find my bodyguard. I'm off. Who do you think you are? From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Pastry, Minnesota, you download Maine, Event, Status, Radio, with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, 90210, and the Dirty Dog All I need is some Rocky Roll Thunder and some Rhythm Blues Lightning here on Main Event Status Radio Live on MainEventStatus.com and wherever you're listening to this too. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Joining me this week is the greatest broadcast partner any dog could ask for. The chills and thrills away from those hills. Mr. <laughs> Beverly Hills. How's it going, Beverly? Every dog has his day, <laughs> Mr. Darcy. And I'm so glad to join you. That's a very, very nice, very fancy uh, intro that you gave me. Uh, I'm a happy man. It's Valentine's Day. You're my Valentine. No, you're not. I'm sorry. You're my secondary Valentine, though, Mr. I'll, Mr. Dog. I'll be number two behind Mrs. Hills. Okay. Any day. Oh, that's very nice. And three times on recording day. <laughs> so this is our last stop in Palmito, Florida. Okay. All at right. the Manatee Civic Center. You got it. Taped still on Monday, January 23rd, 1995. Airing on Monday, February 6th, 1995. And yes. cor- according to the network... For the description for this Raw, episode number 98. As popularity of Diesel continues to grow, Lawrence Taylor answers Bam Bam Bigelow. Plus, Razor Ramon. Ooh. And more in action. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy. Are you happy for Mantar or Razor Ramon? Uh, the former, not the latter. Darn, I, was, I was excited for uh, Razor Ramon. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, and we also are uh, reviewing the that Diesel for his own heart match from Axe and Joan that they discussed later in the episode. Yep, which was uh, very fun to watch, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. We'll talk to it later, but yeah, and all that fun stuff. And we are obviously on a road to WrestleMania 11. Yes, and all that fun jazz. So we might as well take a quick break and we'll be back with our review I you said you wanted to talk about acdc before we go to oh, our first break. grammys was last week in beverly hills yeah and you I were like live that. tweeting on your personal twitter account what's your thoughts on the grammys last weekend uh you know we watched like the first like hour and a half before we went to bed um they were all right i don't know i didn't there weren't any really performances that kind of blew me away the Really, uh, Tom Jones singing with Jesse J was probably my favorite. Those two probably aren't on your radar for musicians, but well, they aren't. Yeah, ACDC opened out 
opened up. They were all right. What? I thought I, – I, I don't know. I just don't think that they um, much really change up what they've done in like the last 35 years. So I just wrote that if I could do the same thing every day for 40 years, I'd be you know pleased with them myself and get paid millions of dollars for it like they do. I wish we could get paid millions of dollars here in the podcast. Yeah, I do too. Well, uh, do you know what song they played on their new album for, at the Grammys? Uh, I don't think they play anything new. They play. I thought they played Thunderstruck. Okay, so I know according, according I was talking to Sexy Pat about it that this oh, past week, and he said that they played some new song on the al- on their new album, and he didn't know which which song it was. I don't know. Maybe I was so angry. <laughs> fair, fair enough. When I get angry, I don't pay attention either. Beverly Hills. <laughs> I'll do some Hills research right now. But yeah, oh yeah, cause I know, yeah, when I saw your tweet about yeah, ACDC opened it up. Opened oh, Highway to Hell! They played Highway to Hell. Come on, sexy Pat. They played Highway to Hell. Well, well he said that they played Highway to Hell on the on oh. the second song. It's just the first song that they played was some classics or from not a song from the new album. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So whatever. <laughs> but. Yeah, Sexy Pat was just talking about that. Like, oh, yeah, they played some new song on the new album in Highway to Hell. What song did they play? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, that helps me out. Hey, man. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not here to judge. I'll never judge. This so, is not a judging. So was there any better performances oh, at the Grammy? Well, I, see, I'm going to give him credit. Apparently, the first cut was the title track from the 2014 album Rock or Bust. Well, so they played Rock or Bust then. Rock or Bust. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I know Pat did say he he uh, prefers a, the older music instead of the more current I, stuff, which I, I can't blame him. I can't, I can't imagine who wouldn't. Yes, because I... I I do own their Rocker Bust album, and I feel like it's not as good as their previous album, Black Ice, that they put out before, right before. I own one ACDC album. It is Black and Black, and that's the only songs I know. That is a great album, too, Beverly Hills. <laughs> You're a great album. Yes. If it wasn't for Eric Bischoff using Back in Black for his first, first, oh. first WWE TV uh, debut on Raw. I was going to use that as my wrestling theme song, but he kind of spoiled it for me. Whatever. So, was, was there any performances on the Grammys last weekend that was better than Katy Perry's performance at the Super Bowl? Well, there was no dancing sharks, so I can't say that anything would be better. All right, I think you're a little biased, you Beverly me, Hills. You mean me dancing? Yes, you're yeah, a little biased. I'm the left shark. Whatever. <laughs> Look at those dance moves. I like it. <laughs> so we might as well take a quick break. We'll be back with a review on the February 6th edition of Monday Night Raw next. All right, let's do it. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Here once again, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy representing many events status radio. Please go on iTunes and subscribe to us and rate and review us where we can be at the Ross Report. We would greatly appreciate that. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio. Like us there, interact with us. Also, another way to interact with us on social media is Twitter. For Mr. Beverly Hills, it's at Beverly Hills MES. And for me, the Dirty Dog, it's at Dirty Dog MES. And to spell dog, it's D-A-W-G. So, facebook.com 
backslash main event status radio. That's all one word. Or on Twitter at Beverly Hills MES or at Dirty Dog MES. And subscribe to us on iTunes and like us and review us. Thank you guys for listening. And we're back for the thrilling uh, introduction. <laughs> no, don't steal my line. You're stealing my line. Whatever. We're back here on Minivent Status Radio. He is Mr. Beverly Hills. I'm the Dirty Dog Darcy. I'm stealing his thunder as he's stealing my opinion. So, Beverly, what does Raw open up with for the video package? So, our opening package is about last week. Just wait as I scroll the top of my notes. (laughs) It's with uh, Bundy and Mabel with their two-man battle royal. Yeah, 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 yeah. The corporation ruined the mini Royal Rumble, so we're going to have the six-man tag match between um, uh, Men on a Mission and Lex Luger and the Million Dollar Corporation. I'm not looking forward to that, Beverly Hills. (laughs) I'll say that right now. Then we get the classic Raw intro. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Woo-woo-woo. Then we get Vince McMahon welcoming us to Monday Night Raw in front of another green screen. Oh, yeah. Total green screen. And Sean dances in front of Vince McMahon when he runs down what we see on Raw while Men on a Mission's theme song is playing in the background, as usual. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have Bobby Cupo. We're going to have Razor Ramon. We're going to have an interview with Diesel. And did did you your uh, – when, when they were done with the video package or, or in, uh, Vince and them running, running stuff down – did you have a weird glitch on your on your network feed like I did? No, I think what you're referring to is the seizure-inducing graphics yes. that happened during a lot of uh, Men on a Mission intros where it would, like, flash to Mabel's face and, like, flashing lights and, like, flash to the crowd. I think that's by design. Okay, because it seemed like they <laughs> had, like, like, ten different cuts within, like, a, two seconds. <laughs> Yes, yes. As it, I seizure-inducing. It remind me of the DX video package that they use. You know, they went, you know, go back, you know, back and forth between, you know, Michaels and Triple H or whoever was in DX and their video package. Yes. So it reminded me of that, and, that, and like, yeah, like I said, it said it's like ten cuts in like two seconds, which bothered the heck out of me. I was surprised I didn't have a seizure. <laughs> right. Instead of men on a mission, I'll be a. Be a dirty dog on a mission to the hospital because of a seizure, Jack. <laughs> You'd be a man on a stretcher. Yes. <laughs> so we get men on a mission in the total package. Dun, 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 Lux Luger versus the Million Dollar Corporation. Yeah. Without Ted DiBiase. Yes, which makes me sad. But one of the first notes I wrote down was, Pyro goes off when Luger gets to the ring and Michael seemed not to care. <laughs> yeah, right. So Lex Luger came out with a kid waving the American flag. Yes. Right? So I posed this to you. I posed two questions. Yes. Number one, in 1995, do you wish that you were the flag bearer? For Lex Luger, no. Okay. Who would you have been? Who would you have liked to be the flag bearer for? The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> okay, here's my second question. Follow up. In 2015, who would you want to be the flag bearer? And if given the opportunity, would you be the flag bearer uh, for wrestling? If given the opportunity to, why not? 
<laughs> for who? I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> Are there any AWF wrestlers who have, like, patriotic characters? Maybe you could do for them. I guess I could come up with Tony Danucci when he has a hardcore match and wave the AWF flag. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would be so happy. I would be so happy if you came up with Tony Danucci waving a flag. Why not? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, then, uh, Right, yeah, like, like you noticed, noted that when the Million Dollar Corporation came out, there's, there was no uh, Million Dollar Man, but IRS was carrying out the huge-ass urn that IRS <laughs> stole at the, at the rumble from The Undertaker. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And he brings that to the ring. Um, so, yeah, it starts out with Mabel and Bundy kind of belly bumping for a couple minutes, just kind of rumble bumping around a little bit. Um Mabel got a pin attempt but didn't get him down for three. Uh, and he tags in Moe, who, like, dumbly tries to slam Bundy. But he can't because he's too small. I, I just, I thought, well, I don't know. I don't want to foreshadow anything too much. But Moe looked like just utter crap yeah. in this match. Which then spurred me to do some Hills research on Moe. Do you know? Okay. Quite another question. Yes. I'm hitting with 20 questions today. 1995. Guess how old Mo was? I assume he was probably maybe in his forties. He was thirty years old. He was only thirty. That was the exact question. That was the exact answer I wanted you to say because I thought he was old as hell too. He's thirty. He was born in nineteen sixty four. He seemed a lot older. I know, right? I don't, he just looked like crap. He's short, fat. He's like his his singlet doesn't like fit. It's like kind of like loose in the gut, but he looks chubby too. He just looks like so bad. I'm really glad that they moved him into a manager role. Do you know how, Even though he never like talked either, but he was rough. Do you know do you know how old Oscar is? Or Oscar was, or was at that time? I can look. I don't okay. even know what his name is. What do you do some dirty research? I didn't noted that when like, <laughs> Mabel and King Kong Buddy were in the arena at at, at the start. That um, Mabel hit hit a integrity, and McMahon yelled out, "What a maneuver!" <laughs> which made ma- to which touched my heart. Because <laughs> there's always a soft spot in my heart when McMahon yells out, "What a maneuver!" Oh well, obviously he did it a couple other times in this match too. Well, I guess that's uh, McMahon's uh, favorite line is "What a maneuver!" <laughs> this is this is tough, man. Yell out what a maneuver? I know, right? No, Oscar, Oscar doesn't have his own. Uh, he, I don't know what his like his name is. Oscar, that's his name. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, come on, man! I don't know how old he is. Okay, fair enough. That's that's fine. <laughs> just I just wanted to ask. Mabel was really young. He was twenty like uh, something. Early twenties. He 20s? was early twenties. He was like twenty one. Wow. Yeah. Just imagine us at 21 being the wrestling ring. <laughs> right on. So we may as well get back. I know they did take a commercial break when Mabel got and Mabel got tagged in, I think, right after the commercial. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so it was a lot of work on 
mole for the whole thing. But but yeah, Mabel got in right after the commercial, and he had a clo- pretty good-looking clothesline and elbow on Tatanka. He brought in Lex to take over, and Lex <laughs> scared Tatanka with a flex, and he, <laughs> and he ran to the corner and tanked out. I would, too. <laughs> Um, okay, so this was the time of the match where I did my journey research. That's but DiBiase is now coming to ringside. I don't know. Are they trying to run, like, some type of story with that? It didn't seem like it really went anywhere on this episode. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Is yeah. this, I, I guess we'll see. But I wonder if this has something to do with, like, the comma thing. Or, like, I don't I don't know where this is going. I wonder where it is. I don't, well, it would make sense if it deals with comma since it's comma, 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 <laughs> chameleon dollars. Oh, yes. Oh, my. Chameleons okay. and dollars. This, oh, yes. Can end. This medley can end. <laughs> um, around this time, Bundy, who's looking particularly egg-like tonight. Yes. I just thought his – he looks like straight up like when you read – um poetry books for kids that have Humpty Dumpty in it. He looked very, very Humpty Dumpty-like tonight. Extremely. Talk about Bundy. I didn't know that Bundy was taking his time beating up Mo, and I swore we got a let's go Mo. Let's go Mo. Chat from the crowd. I did did notice that there was a let's go Mo chat. Um, so this was this is a particularly boring control segment from Bundy, and this, and I noticed that so Mo on his singlet that's like you know whatever too big but also too small. On the back there's a peace sign, but it's not like the usual like picture peace sign. Yeah, it's a hand. hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I just think it's weird. There's the band. I always remember him having that on his tights though, because I know it's a regular thing. <laughs> But I just don't get, don't get it. It's so dumb. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> I, but on the mission gimmick was dumb too. Yeah. So Mo tried to do a sunset flip onto IRS for the pin. Um, Mabel ends up having to help him, and HBK rightly says, like, like Jesse would do a lot of times, calls out Vince for not being mad at the, oh, yeah, the faces. faces yeah. They cheat. Which they totally did. Also, HBK comments, he's talking about birthday boys, and he talks about Babe Ruth and Ronald Reagan, (laughs) that they're both super old and they're both like dust. That's funny. (laughs) Babe Ruth was dead. Ronald Reagan was not, and he like didn't know if Ronald Reagan was dead (laughs) or not. Well, it makes sense that they didn't have internet back then. Oh, he's a yeah, but he was in the news because he had just been like diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, and just as they don't have the, he's a former president. Just because he doesn't <laughs> have a Wikipedia page, he's still. They should know. Wait, what is Wikipedia, Beverly Hills? I know. Don't you know who is, like, what presidents are still alive? Because I know My the, kids don't. Because isn't the last. Isn't uh, Bush the first Bush the uh, last president that's still alive? From no, Car- Carter, Carter is alive okay. too. Still, yeah. Okay. Well, see, my bad. I guess I'm pulling Michaels there. That's okay. I'm Cause sorry. Because Car- Carter's up in his nineties now, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's old as hell. Okay. 
Anyway, but one thing I did, you know, kind of tie it back in the match, I think this was right around the time that you were talking about that, it, yeah, Bundy got tagged, didn't expect the heels were doing a lot of quick tags and all that. It made me, gave me a flashback to WCCW and their six-man match with the, matches with Bundy. Yeah. Which made me laugh. And yeah, like you noted that Michaels is calling McMahon out for, you know, for being okay with, with uh, faces cheating, but it's not okay for the heels to cheat. Mm-hmm. Which put a yeah. smile on my face. <laughs> it would put a smile on your face. It makes you happy. It always so, makes me happy, Jack. That leads to a lot of craziness in the ring. Everybody's in there, kind of fighting it out. People are like, running around, getting thrown out. Uh, Luger uh, gets in, takes over on Bundy, but Tataka comes in, DDTs Luger. And it leads to King Kong Buddy rolling over and getting the one, two, three for the victory. Yep. So the winners are the Million Dollar Corporation, Beverly Hills. And I rated this match one and one half star. One star for me. Yeah, I felt like it was all right, but nothing really to complain about. It was, well, I guess we could complain about it, but yeah. it, was it was slow. Slow and all that. Not I, a lot happened. Yeah, because I liked it. I liked the ending when Luger got tagged in and was like a house of fire and all that. Then, yeah, then just one simple mistake. Then, yeah, then he got talking out with a DDT from Tatanka. Yes. So then we get another WWF Weekend Music segment with Ma- with Maine Mountain Rock. Yeah. He was he mentioned that uh, wrestling and music are related because both require skill and concentration. Yep. He, some people are born with it. Some people take practice. And he said that he wants to capture the WWF title. Yep. And they do word association. They you, put up uh, Diesel's name and he goes, awesome. Then they put up Undertaker's name and he goes, unparalleled. Then they put up Jeff Jarrett and he goes, jerk. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then he goes, Mad Mountain Rock. He goes, dangerous. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Next, I didn't take down any, anything what he said, but I th- I actually thought this vignette was really good. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Even though it was you know a minute long, it showed his intentions. It showed that he was a face because he talks about working hard. He also and it even you know introduces you know possible feuds or you know, matchups type deal where, he, you know, they, they throw up Jeff Jarrett and he says, jerk, and they put up Diesel and Undertaker. He likes those guys. I You know, I, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, then uh, he's debuting next. Then we yeah. get get a, a, like a quick second or two of Bobby, Bobby Cupio. Cupo. Cupo, who's Bobby. representing LT and will make a yep. statement on LT's behalf after the commercial. And who is... Bobby Cupo or Cupio or whatever. I know I'm butchered his name. That's Cupo. my gimmick. But Coop, what? Who is Bobby Cupo? Do you? Uh, know? I don't know who he really is, but he's he's portraying uh, Lawrence Taylor's like lawyer, manager, agent. Okay. Well, yeah, I. I didn't know if he was some football, baseball, no, basketball no, no. player think, or something. I think he might legitimately be his agent, but I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I was just curious because yeah, I didn't know who he was, and I thought, you, you, yeah, 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 it you, is, you it know. is. Since 
it's yeah. it's legitimately his sports agent. Okay, so Bobby Cupo, uh, on behalf of LT, accepts the WWF the WWF's apology, and uh, I guess LT didn't mean to disrespect Bam Bam at the, at the Royal Rumble, and they <laughs> demand they demanded an actual apology from Bam Bam. Mm-hmm. Then uh, LT had Taylor doesn't want to wish does not wish to be a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, LT has no intent to be a wrestler, and uh, if Bam Bam continues to disrespect LT's name and all, they would see it fitting to take things to court. Yes, we will seek legal remedy. What is your thoughts on Bobby Cupo's promo? promo? It wasn't bad. It It was what it was. I mean, like, he came across like an agent reading a written statement, which is what he was, you know, like you, you, I think they made a good decision using like an actual agent, not like either an actor or a, or a wrestler, because you don't want somebody who's cutting a promo. You want someone who's like legitimately reading a statement. That's what he did. That's what he did. So I thought it was fine. Then we get your thoughts. I enjoyed it. It was okay. Like you said, he was what it was. So, right. Then we get the next match, the debuting Maine Mountain Rock against Charlie Hunter. Okay. Uh, yeah, the lights go out, and then we get a spotlight on Maine Mountain Rock running the ring. He was playing the electric guitar, and we go to a commercial. Yeah, he's shaking his booty a little bit, even. What's your thoughts on Maine Mountain Rock's attire? Awful. Just hideous. Why, why did they think that putting this man... And this big, like, big, legitimately just huge guy. Why did they think putting him in baggy, all tie-dye was a good decision? Who do they think he is? Jesse Ventura or Billy Graham? Yeah, but even then, they would just wear, like, they wouldn't be an all tie-dye. And it wasn't, like, baggy, just, God, it looked awful. Like he was wearing tie-dye pajamas. Because I was going to say that I really don't remember the rock scene in 1995, but how you know tie-dye was a big thing in rock music in 1995 here in the States. Yeah, yeah well, and there you go. That's like uh, the, the story that always goes back to McMahon, right, is that he even, he makes all the decisions, but he doesn't pay attention to, like, actual things that are going on. Like, I mean, grunge was in, but... Grunge was was definitely not wearing tie. Yeah, I don't know. Then do you know who Charlie Hunter is? I do know who Charlie Hunter is. In okay. fact, who did is, a little dirty research on it. You, I'm happy to do some dirty research in the hills, Beverly. All right, so dirt, so not dirty dog. Charlie Hunter was trained by Dean Malenko and his brother Joe. So you know he has and Hero Matsuda. So it has a little. You know, connection there. Uh, good training that way. He did this kind of jobbery stuff, and then he probably his best known work is that he was in ECW as Dudley Dudley. Okay. So the, o- the only pure Dudley of the Dudley family. Because <laughs> the, the whole gimmick was that Big Daddy Dudley had lots of affairs, and that's why none of the kids like looked at e- looked like each other and stuff. That's why like just Devon and Bubba and like dances with Dudley, who was Native American and stuff. That's but funny. Dudley Dudley is the only one that was from Mama Dudley and Big Daddy Dudley. So, he, <laughs> so he 
So in the early days of the Dudleys, before they bought brought in Bubba Ray and Devon, he was like the leader. Okay. Makes so. Sense. So yeah, he was yeah he was in there like ninety five and ninety six, and then oh so well after this then right yeah yeah yeah, and so then he kind of just after that kind of just has bounced around through various independents and Puerto Rico and stuff. I did see it and it made me laugh. Apparently later, like in the early two thousands, he portrayed a uh, evil chef character <laughs> as a wrestler, which I thought was awesome. I don't- I'm sure they had no relation, but I know there's a guy in the WWE Hall of Fame named James Dudley. Yeah, that guy's black. I know. Well, so is Devon. <laughs> but True. Did they take the Dudley name from him? Do, they, do you know if they take the Dudley name from him by chance? No, I think so. That guy was just Vince McMahon Sr.'s limo driver. I know. Well, just curious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. But I don't want the notes I talked about, you know, tying this back with the match. It seemed like the crowd really didn't seem interested at all in this match or the first few matches in the tape from this taping. Well, this is the very, this is the last taping at the Manatee Civic Center, so yeah. they, they very well might be burnt out at this point. Which which makes sense. Yeah. So but, I, yeah. I didn't have a I didn't have a ton for this one. Yeah, same here. It's, it's it's all Man Mountain Rock. That he did drop a really nice big elbow on him. And he finished him up with um, kind of a gourd buster, of a front suplex uh, for the win. Yeah, so yeah, Man Mount Rock is the winner. I rated this match three-fourths of a star. I gave it a half a star. It's definitely, you know, it's definitely a squash. It just is what it is. I find it funny that I'm rating my matches so far higher than you, Beverly. Yeah, just a little bit. So then we uh, come back from a commercial break with some highlights from WWF Action Zone with Diesel mm-hmm. yesterday. Yes. So, before we get into this re- review of Beverly Hills, let's take a quick break, then we can we will come back with our review of that match here on Mid-Event Status Radio. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Hey, brother, this is the immortal one, Mr. Beverly Hills. And you know what? Those other guys who tell you about the Maliello, they don't know what's going on, brother. The only way to get hyped, to get jacked for main event status radio, brother, is the Diamond Dew. Ooh. Ah, it gets me ready for a big podcasting effort, brother. What you gonna do when the Diamond Dew runs wild on you? I'm here on the Dirty Dogs Diamonds here on Many Events Status Radio. You guys always hear me talk about my trucks, 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 trucks. And here is, is Dusty Hills to talk about my trucks. Oh, dog Diamonds, baby. You know, they're always telling me, oh, Dusty Hills, are we, how many people, are, are there anybody there when you're talking with uh, dog Diamonds? Oh, we got must have 20,000 people behind this camera, daddy They're talking about Jeeps. They're talking about trucks. They're talking about cars. You know, if you in the Florida Panhandle, baby, you got to come down to Dog Stamets' uh, car emporium. Tell them that Dusty Hill sent your brother. So I have a meanie, Beverly Hills. You're a meanie. Why am I a meanie? Because you say, you go, oh, I laugh at how you always say stuff before we go to commercial. Oh, blah, blah. So, you know what? You don't get it this time. And we're back here <laughs> on Minute Status Radio. Beverly Hills was being a meanie to be on at the break. <laughs> Darcy's the meanie. <laughs> Whatever. 
You guys had a little instead of what we talked about on our, on our little breaks. The dirty dog jerk. So yeah, though we, you know, before we take a, took a break, we actually took a break and we came come back with highlights from WWF Action Zone with Diesel from the night before in Beverly Hills. Do you think this was from the taping? Early, do you think this was one of the matches that we talked about from the before? You know, three weeks ago. Well, guess what? I'm, t- I'm tongue-tied. You know how there were some dark matches before the first raw taping. This was yep. one of the matches. You think they taped? You know, this was from the from that taping or from that part. I don't. I don't think so. No? Looked yeah. like the building was different. Okay. Well, it had kind. Of, it had those white walls and it had like the windows on the side. I do okay. not think it was the same one. Okay. Well, wanted to ask. I know Diesel for Joe and Hart was a match and. Was a dark match on, on these tapings, so right, and I mean it sure could have been, but the the Seemed they would have, yeah. I guess the the lighting could have been in, different and stuff, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Okay, then uh, yeah, the clip that we watched that uh, it was Prince, the own heart was already there there, and the clip opens, opens up with Diesel's pyro going off, and Jim Ross and, and Vince, Jim Ross and Vince McMahon are, are our announcers. What's your thoughts on uh, that pairing? Jim Ross and Vince McMahon. Um, it's uh, it's not my favorite because it's always kind of tough when you put two guys who are used to being the play-by-play together and kind of expect to uh, have one of them play uh, color commentary. I watched this one at on mute. Who who did? I guess I, I guess I really wasn't paying attention, but I did. Okay. At least I feel like, felt like for, at least for this match, they did a decent job together. Okay. You know they didn't bother me. Both seemed excited. The crowd. I guess you had to unmute so you really couldn't tell, but the crowd seemed to be into the match, which I, okay. especially with this, the, you know, this taping of Raw with the cr- crowd there was just kind of burnt out from the long taping. Sure. It was a nice change of pace to watch a match where the crowd was into it. Right, right. But I don't know. Uh, one thing that one note I took down when uh, Diesel was in, in, in the ring with his pyro going off, music blaring, McMahon questions if Owen Hart would become WWF champion against Diesel. Okay. And at that time, Owen Hart was running down the crowd to the cameraman, which I really enjoyed. Okay. Then uh, we might as well get into the match and how one of my first notes was Owens uses quickness to stay away from the di- stay away from Diesel and Owens being booed from that. Yeah, I mean this everything that's good about this match is Owen. Yeah. You know, he's uh he's playing the you know, fast versus power speed versus power matchup well. Um, once Diesel does take over the, you know, he is probably the reason why any of those moves look good. Yeah. 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 Then, uh, yeah, Diesel uses power and pushes Owen Hart in the corner and hit him with a few elbows and all that, you know, the normal, normal diesel, diesel corner maneuvers. And oh yeah, Owen Hart seems to outsmart him and all that. And it seemed like that didn't last long since, uh, Diesel, once Diesel got his hands on Owen, you know, to use his power, that uh, I noted that Diesel hit the snake guys and closed on Owen over the top row. And the, and the crowd loved it, and they even started to chant for the WWF champion. Ding, ding, ding. Let's go, Diesel. <laughs> that probably wasn't their chant, but whatever. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, Diesel throws Owen 
uh, off the top rope. Oh yeah, moments later, yeah, Diesel threw an Owen off the top rope, and Jim Ross claimed that Diesel threw him halfway across the ring. Okay. Then Diesel hits a few, uh, or hits a close on in the ring, then signals for the jackknife. Then what happens at that, Beverly? Shawn Michaels comes out. Yes. That's right, right around the time. I think a little bit later, that's when uh, they to talk, about, talk about that on, on uh, Raw and all that. And Michaels comes down, and Diesel turns his back on Owen, and jaw, they, those two jaw, uh, jaw jack each other a little bit. Then Owen mm-hmm. uh, bounced off the ropes and drop kicked Diesel. Diesel went over the top rope, and Sean gave Diesel a right hand for his efforts. <laughs> Then, uh, let's see, then, yeah, then Owen went up, oh, let's see, oh, yeah, Owen went up to the top rope and flew off the top and hit a beautiful double axe to the outside. Then, let's see, yeah, towards the end of the match, then how, uh, Owen tried to go for the sharpshooter, but Diesel, you know, punched, kicked his, kicked his butt and all that, or, yeah, he used his boot and kicked him off. Uh, do you want to talk about the finish of the match, Beverly? Sure. Ends up to the point where Diesel hits the big jackknife powerbomb. Gets the one, two, three. Yeah, then uh, I rated this match two and one, four stars. That's actually exactly what I would go for, too. So I was going to rate this a little higher, but I, you know, didn't feel like, I felt like, you know, it was, I think the clip was like about seven minutes long, and I felt like it was what it needed to be. So I don't know. I know it's been a while since I've done this, but I can't remember which podcast I listened to this past week at work, but they were talking about different WWF champions and their style of matches and all that. I think they are kind of might be referencing to the Roman Reigns push nowadays and okay. comparing them to John Cena and all that. And I felt and felt like this kind of relates, relates to what we're reviewing in 1995, and I felt like Diesel as champion doesn't need to put on much longer than 15-minute matches. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's that's the thing is, like, a lot of people, like, that's not main event style. Yeah. That people want main event caliber matches. Yeah, well, I guess I think you're reference, referencing to uh, the days of, like, the Attitude Era where guys like Triple H and The Rock and Oscar were able to go 20 to 25-minute matches, great matches, and... The era that we're in now with John Cena, that depending on which, who, which opponent he's in the ring with, he can put on those stellar matches. Sure, and yeah. I really can't see if Roman Reigns is actually the next mid event set of star, you know, the next John Cena for next several years. I cannot see Roman Reigns putting on those kind of those Triple H esque matches. Sure, and. No, that you know. I think Triple. I don't know if Triple H is your best example, though. Yeah, he's one who I think thought that he could do like Ric Flair main event style matches, and he couldn't, and that's why that two thousand two two thousand three era is remembered by some people as like the worst. Yeah, horrible. And because he was trying to do a thirty minute match with like Scott Steiner. Yeah, well, I guess comparing that time two thousand two two thousand three. I think that's probably why I why I had more fonder memories of SmackDown during that period than than Raw. Sure. Yeah. But I guess I kind of want to mention that you know with a Diesel match that I felt like it, you know it what it was short to I think what it needed to be be to play off Diesel's strengths and I felt like Owen was a 
one of the better opponents for Diesel to show off Diesel's strength. Right, right, yeah. Well, I mean, he, that's a, yeah, he's a good wrestler, at least. Yeah. Then we go back to Monday Night Raw, and Vince sends us to an interview, a pre-taped interview that he had with Diesel from earlier in, earlier in the night. Yeah. And I know I mentioned a few times, uh, I noted a few times that Vince even called Diesel Kevin Nash. I did notice that as well, yeah. And Vince asked Diesel to compare the Hart brothers in ring, and, F- and Diesel put both both Hart brothers, Brett and Owen, over as great athletes, which I really appreciated. Then on, then Nash mentioned that he had nine knee injuries before, and his knee is a weak point, which is why both Hearts were trying to go for the sharpshooter, which always makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I wrote that to now his weak point is his quads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then Vince asked uh, about Sean, and Nash mentioned that he doesn't know what Michaels' problem is. Okay. Then, Mike, yeah. then McMahon mentions about how Michaels is trying to play mind games and asked if they're having an effect, and Diesel said, yeah, they have to have an effect, which is one thing I appreciate about this interview, that I seem like Nash is trying to put over Michaels and the mind games that Michaels is trying to play. I don't know. I thought uh, we got a lot of Diesel being the coolest guy in the room type thing, uh, where just even when they start, he's like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate I, I, I can see where you're coming from, because yeah, it seemed like he was trying to play the cool Play it off as a cool guy. Yeah, I just did not like it. Yeah. Then uh, I guess to kind of wrap it up, the McMahon asked about Diesel being a role model and you know, wanted to. He it, talks about all the things that he's do, all the media appearances. Yeah, all the commitments as WWF champion, and Diesel said that he's running off of Diesel Fuel. <laughs> and he's having fun being, WW, being WWF champion, doing all the outside commitments and training and all that. Then McMahon plugs his WWF title match. Against Jeff Jarrett in two weeks that we will be reviewing on on our next podcast. Yeah. So that was that. And we yeah. come back from a commercial break, and Michaels talks about the match with Jeff Jarrett that Diesel will be having. And Michaels said that, uh, you know, that he in, uh, on that Raw in two weeks, he announced who his bodyguard would be. Yes, he will. Then our next, people get it. Then our next match is Leroy Howard. Versus Moo. Yes. Or the movie tells us that Mantar is here. Yes. I'm so happy. And I want to ask Beverly Hills. Yes. Who in the blue is Leroy Howard? I have no info about Leroy Howard other than he he jobbed on uh, Raw, obviously, a few times in 95. Have. He's on WCW up until 97, but I have no more information on I him. wanted to ask. Yeah. Uh, then during this match, so we get it's announced that Robbie bumped by some dogs. Uh-huh, yep. Come on, McMahon. You, uh-huh. If you're going to be bumped, up, bumped off the USA Network, you should be bumped off by the dirty dog, not some <laughs> puppy dogs. Hey, the dogs get good ratings, man, especially in 95. Their dogs are probably getting better ratings than Raw is. Fair enough. I just wanted to... Like, no, probably no can contest, even. It's okay, everybody. We will not be reviewing that dog episode next week on the podcast. Or will we? Well, I guess we got to wait and see. Okay, so Howard took over quick with a, a drop kick that looked like crap. Uh, he he knocked even knocked down 
Mantar, but as he went up to the top, Mantar caught him and slammed him. And uh, he had an awesome, like, lariat. Like, his power moves look great. Um, and he stomped on him for a while. Uh, Leroy tried another really shitty-looking dropkick. A, a, bad, a bad, like, uh, clothesline trying to knock down the Mantar. Um, but he can't. Did another, tried to do a crossbody, jumped into Mantar's arms, which resulted in a, a really good-looking front slam. And then uh, we kind of go to the end. We get a really nice-looking stinger splash and uh, a belly-to-belly. A completely smooshes Leroy Howard and for the victory. Yeah, Mantar's the winner. Already this match, one star. for. I was impressed with Mantar's work. Yeah, I mean, it's it was, again, another complete squash. I would go one star as well. You know, I only went one and a quarter for the... Um, that's six man. So this isn't this isn't in by no means you know, better than that six man. So I, I got to ponder the same question that Michael's pondered in this match, Beverly. Oh gosh! Okay. If Mantar is half man, half cow, which <laughs> which half is man and which half is cow? Um, I get to see the feet are, are cow. Okay, so the, the, bo- the, so the bottom half is cow. Yeah, the top half is man. The McMahon also mentioned in the match that WrestleMania 11 is supposedly the hottest selling WrestleMania to date. Okay. And he plugs a Ticketmaster number. Okay. 203 624 0033. Gosh. Just had to. I know you did. Then McMahon sends us to a WWF in high gear video that's happening on Friday, February 10th from the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, PA. I don't think we need the rundown of where yeah. that I was going to say, I did take some screenshots, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I think this is, that would be boring, man. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and just because I forgot to do do this during the Diesel Owen Hart match, I guess this will probably be my, for the Raw episode, this would have to be my, <laughs> just because all these matches on Raw weren't really that great. Right, right. I would agree with you. So we get... Razor Ramon versus Frank Lancaster. Okay. Do you know who Frank Lancaster is? I do. Okay, who Frank is he? Lancaster, or otherwise known as Frankie Lancaster, long, long time wrestler, wrestled from the like mid-80s all the way up until he was still jobbing on WCW TV up into 2000, and even, I think, 2001, too. Um had most of his success in Puerto Rico. Um, yeah, then through the 90s was mostly used, obviously, independent work, but then also as a jobber on WWF and WCW TV. And, yeah, the last I saw was in 07. He did an interview saying that he's having a lot of health problems because he did a, a ton of steroids in the late 90s. So That's not good. Yeah, sad but true. And what's your thoughts on... Razor's gold on yellow trunks. Better than the, like, straight-up mustard yellow ones that he wore at the Rumble. Yeah. What's your thoughts on uh, Frank's red trunks with white boots? <laughs> I, well, I, it was, it's very kind of, uh, like, Arn Anderson rem- reminiscent. I love the boots that have, like, the different colored heel. Yeah. And then the stripe up the back. The, those are some, that's one of my favorite boot designs. So, yeah, I dug on that. Yeah. It just, I guess, is apropos for me to mention 
What's the color of Frank's trunks and boots since it is Valentine's Day? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. So during this match, Vince went on a weird, like, non sequitur tirade about the media. Was this in, in media- reference to Marsha and Clark's trial? <laughs> okay. Well, it's Marsha Clark is one person. Okay. Um, I yeah. She, she was. That's okay. She she's an attorney uh, who was prosecuting O.J. Simpson. Oh, okay. So that's happening right around this time, then. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, yeah. So the murders happened in '94, and then I think the trial had just started in early '95. Okay. Cause I, yeah. I was, and, I was curious because I. I cause I caught Marsha Clark's name and I didn't know what Vince was talking about because he was he seemed vague about it. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because he was just like the trial. In now in '95, you could say the trial and you knew. Yeah. But, was, was, yeah, and, yeah, but we knew what he was talking about. Yeah. The O.J. Simpson trial was everywhere. I remember that. My grandma watched it every day because she was home and she would like have updates on what was happening and <laughs> she would watch the CNN at night. She knew everything about it. Um, but I, th- it's, it's just kind of weird, you know, obviously Vince is not a fan of the media in general. He hates it. We're still like two years removed from his steroid trial. So I think he'll let you know whenever he can that he hates the media yeah. and that they're sharks. They're out to like, he was even like, they're out to get her, bah, you know? Yeah. So it was just kind of weird. So then, uh, we might as well get back to this match that, uh, probably might as well kind of talk about the finish. The yep. Razor hits, uh, Oh, something is pretty much his, uh, his signature maneuvers, the follow-up yep. follow slam, the second rope backdrop, and the, the Razor's Edge, which looked beautiful. Yes, so, it did. So Razor mode one, and I rated this match one star. Uh-huh. What do you rate this match, Beverly? Uh, three quarters of okay. a star for Vince's weird comments. You know. Talking about the media. <laughs> yeah, I had to rate this one star because I felt like Frank Lancaster... Bumped pretty great for Razor during his signature spots. Yeah, and I remember him on. Now he looks a lot different than he looked on WCW Saturday night. Saturday night. I remember when I watched kind of the ending days of that. He had really bulked up and he had short blonde hair. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I liked him as a jobber then, and I liked him during this too. Yeah, then we go to a commercial and we see a commercial for the WWF uh, Raw game for the Super Nintendo and such. Yep. Then we come, and we're back with Henry Godwin coming down to the ring. <laughs> I know we talked about this off air before we started the show, Beverly. But what's your thoughts on Henry Godwin's theme song? The the banjo, it looked yeah. good. I love, I like, um, heel Henry Godwin. Yeah, like the evil pig farmer. A lot of people kind of like dog on the pig farmer character, and I I only think that's because the like, um, you know, the the face version is so, like, weird or Car- whatever. Cartoonish, so, too. Cartoony. Yep. I think, and I mean, like, maybe if they hadn't gone full, I hate to say it, but whole hog on it, <laughs> it would have been better. Like, because evil hillbilly, like, creepy hillbilly is a good character. Yeah. Like, that's something that a lot of people are afraid of is like some backwoods, like deliverance type stuff. 
like he's gonna catch you and string you up in the barn. Like that's a scary character. Yeah. If they hadn't been so quick to turn him face and have him, you know, be the fun loving pig farmer, I think it really could have worked. Yeah. What's do you know who Bill Weaver is? I don't. I didn't get a chance to look him up. I can okay. look him up. Okay. We might, if you want, you can. Then uh, I really enjoyed Bill Weaver's tights. It was like the wrestling singlet oh, that we I did. not like those. The, the zebra stripes. Oh. I enjoy. I, I I enjoyed it because out of the you know jobbers that we've seen so far, I've never seen anyone wear a zebra striped wrestling singlet before. Well, first, I'm, I must say that apparently they, for this set of tapings, they raided the uh, Dean Malenko school because Bill Weaver also worked with Dean <laughs> Malenko at his, That's funny. at his training school. Um, sorry. That's fine. Yeah, his picture is one from, no, maybe not this draw. <laughs> I don't know. It just looks like he did a lot of jabbing. Makes sense. Then uh, during the match, McMahon plugs the WWF superstar line and gave out the number. 1-900-747-4-WWF. It was one forty nine a minute. And children yep. under, kids under 18 get your parents' permission before calling. Yes. Then what's your thoughts on the match, Beverly? I thought it was all right. It was, uh, you know, again, just a straight-up squash. as Henry doing all of his... Uh, you know, greatest hits here finished up with one of, you know, <coughs> sorry, the reverse DDT is sometimes an overdone finish, but the slop drop always looked good. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Godwin scored with the victory with using a slop drop. Beverly, what, what did you rate this yes, match? Slop. Uh, I'll go star. I like this one better than the razor one. I rated this match my leftovers. Your slop? Yeah, it's my slop. The slop was so weird. Like, they showed what's inside the slop bucket. bucket. A lot of uh, apples. Uh, <laughs> there's a piece of bread. Um, I didn't catch anything else. It was mostly apples. Because I thought I heard somewhere that, you know, for during that gimmick with the slop, they just grabbed whatever extra junk was left at the catering from backstage, just threw it in a bucket <laughs> and had them carry it out. Really? That's hilarious. Which which ways makes sense. You know, why not, if there's any leftover junk that people aren't going to eat from catering backstage, why not just put in the bucket for them and <laughs> put some water in it too, and there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then uh, Michael said that he has more news after the commercial break. We come back from the commercial, and McMahon runs down what we'll see next week, or, or see, on, see it in two weeks, since next week the dog show will be preempting Raw. So yeah. in two weeks, Diesel will be uh, defending his WWF title against Jeff Jarrett. Bam Bam Bigelow's suspension will be lifted. And Shawn Michaels will introduce his new bodyguard. Yes. And what's your thoughts on Michaels at the end saying that he has a target on his back and, and all that? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, I don't know. Whatever. Well, I, I, I enjoyed it, you know, and all that. and It made me laugh that Michaels had a black eye and all that. Yeah, right. Which I, which I didn't notice before in any of the tapings. And then uh, yeah, Mc, then Michaels was saying oh, and all that that he can't be Prince do color commentator, be the color commentator on Raw anymore because he has a target on his back. And Mc, Michael just walked off. And at the end, when Raw goes off the air, Mc, McMahon questions, 
who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who do you think you are? Which made me laugh. So <laughs> we might as well take another quick break and we'll be back with, a jo- with our jobber, our main event status star, a quick past to present, and we're bringing back the top five list. Yes, we are. We'll be back here on Main Event Status Radio. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I'm the dog Stimus here with Dusty Hills, not plugging my trucks, not plugging my Jeeps, but plugging Burdick's Pepsi. Oh, dog Stimus, you know, when I get down to your car emporium, I don't even know what you're going to have for me. Is it going to be Jeeps, Dusty Hills? Oh, no, talking about my trucks today. No, today we're talking about the Pepsi, brother. We're talking about the the Mountain Dew, all the great Pepsi products. You know, I don't know why St. Cloud State got rid of the Pepsi, brother, because the dog Stamis is the best Pepsi deliverer in the planet. Woo, talk about it, Stamis. Screw Coca-Cola, screw Mel Yellow, Pepsi is the way to go. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy of Mid Event Status Radio here to tell you two ways you can uh, check us out online. That's either MidEventStatus.com, that's the website, or over at SoundCloud.com backslash Radio. that's all one word. Again, our website is MidEventStatus.com. Or over at soundcloud.com backslash main event status radio. Thank you guys for listening. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You're having fun, aren't you? Well, I have a message. Then for. We are back with the true thrilling conclusion. <laughs> My line, it's the thrilling conclusion of main event status radio. We're coming with the main event star, the jobber, and the top five of the night. I had to pick Lux Luger as my jobber for the night, Beverly Hills. Your jobber? Yes. Because so, I feel like Lux Luger was the jobber because he got triple teamed at the end and made him look like a fool. My jobber is Mo. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was like the person who was on, in the match the most and the crappiest. So, yeah. Fair enough. I guess I, you know, just talk about this raw taping. I had to pick my main adventure to be King Kun Bundy for rolling over and scoring the victory over Lux Luger. Okay. But including what we saw for the, the Action Zone match, I also had to pick for my actual main adventure for this podcast has to be Owen Hart. 
okay. for making Diesel Diesel yeah. look like a million bucks in their in their WWF tag team title match. Yeah, that's a good choice. And and yeah, help Diesel put all, you know help Diesel put on a great performance. Sure. So who's your main eventer? Better My enough? main eventer is. Jim Cornette? The Mantar is my is my main eventer of the night. Look darn good in that squash. I liked it pretty much everything that he did. It's good stuff. The Mantar. He out of the couple matches we saw of him so far in the series, I had to say this match was probably the best match that we saw uh, that he put on. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. So do you want to do the past two? Present segment, which I which I have two questions for. Do you want to do the top five first? All right, let's do now. Past and present. Okay. Okay. Let's see if I uh, got my wording correctly because I think I wrote, wrote took this down last night before I went to bed. Okay. What's your thoughts on multiple wrestling shows such as Raw, Action Zone, and Superstars, etc.? What's your thoughts on them? What is it? What is too much, too much for the product. As in, do you feel like, well, how nowadays Raw is three hours long, SmackDown's two hours, and extra shows? When is it oversaturation of the product? We always talk about Raw being too long. This is the past present every week. I guess <laughs> I want to tie Raw too long in three hours. Yes, it is. I wanted to <laughs> talk about it back in 1995, though, since you know they had Raw, Action Zone, and Superstars. Yeah, it's different because each show is an hour. Okay. You know, you you have Raw, Action Zone, and Superstars. Each show, each show is one hour. That's the length of Raw. You know now. Yeah. So so yeah, it it wasn't because each show is only an hour. Okay. And and each one kind of uh, was presented in its own kind of light. There, you know, they have different announcers and and different um, kind of formats and things like that. So yeah. Now, what's your thoughts on the WWE champion being put on seemingly the minor show and not being on the main show? Um, you know, Action Zone, though, like when it started in 94 and then continued in 95, had a lot of big matches. If you remember, the premiere of Action Zone was Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Makes sense. Okay. So, oh, yeah. Okay, so I guess I guess that kind of makes sense on, on being well, having some of the bigger, bigger matches on it then. Yeah, what are your thoughts on those though? Well, I guess I didn't realize Action Zone was. I guess I didn't realize Action Zone was. You know that. I I guess I didn't realize Action Zone had the higher caliber matches on it. So, sure. but I guess you know we, since we were talking about off and on the last few weeks that ways would would have been nice to actually see Diesel on Raw. Different, oh yeah, more often sure. than what we have. So I guess that's why I wanted wanted to ask, and it'd be kind of cool to. See some old action zones on the network for at least I can get a feel of how action zone was laid out as a TV show and and all that. So right, right, exactly. So we're bringing back the top five list for the episode Beverly Hills. Yes. What's tell us why you want to bring it back for this episode? Um, because Man Mountain Rock was the thumbnail. We got talk about Jeff Jarrett. Um, I'm so I suggested the top five musical themed wrestlers. Do you want me to start? Or do you want to start, Beverly? You can start. My number five was inspired by 
by you that we were talking off air. Okay. Van Hammer. Okay. <laughs> Just because I vaguely remember him, and, and I, if I remember correctly, back in like 95, 96, when I was watching WCW TV, I liked him, and I don't remember why. Nice. Do you, do you know that Van Hammer hails from the great state of Minnesota? I did not know that, Beverly. He does, yes. Very yeah. interesting. Van Hammer. And then, like, also, my favorite, so, appar- I don't know, apparently, like, Van Hammer's got a reputation for, like, having kind of a big head, like, being kind of full of himself. Because if you remember, first off, when he was in the the flock, he was the only one that, like, didn't change his name. He like just was still Van Hammer. Yeah, I noticed it. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, when the Misfits came around and he was part of that, they wanted so his gimmick or whatever was going to be that he was like a pothead. So they wanted his name to be Private Stash. Okay, <laughs> but he was like, "No way! I'm better than a private. I'm not." Like, thinking that it's, like, some type of freaking actual military thing. So he didn't want to be the bullet. So he didn't want to be private. So then they named him Major Stash, which makes no sense. Like, who has a Major Stash? Private Stash makes better. Yeah, I know, well, right? He's, yeah. So that's that's my two Van Hammer stories. Okay, well, so who's your number five, Beverly? My number five is Rockabilly. He barely made my list. Well, I guess he, well, I guess he just got nicked <laughs> off my list because of... Van Hammer. Yeah, yeah. Just the, the failed few-month experiment of Billy Gunn uh, mentored by another musically-themed wrestler. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Rockabilly. My number four is R-Truth slash K-Quick. Okay. Because, you know, I guess in, when he was in TNA as well as, you know, Ron Killings, his real name. Yep. And, you know, in WWF and... Early two thousands as K Quick and now it's R Truth. You know he he's, he's like the rapper guy. Sure. And you know the ra- the rapping dancing fool kind of guy. So I just felt like I guess the way is I kind of enjoyed his rapping gimmick, but it's now in twenty fifteen. It's played off a little too long. But sure. whatever. That's just my opinion, though. I'll come back later to that one. Okay, who's your number four? My number four. It's kind of a stretch. Let's <laughs> let's just call it spade a spade. But when this guy debuted, and it's even in his song, he looks just like little Richard. <laughs> I totally forgot B. about him. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Johnny B. Bad just because part of his gimmick was that he resembled Little Richard. It was even in his song. Well, <laughs> that song, he's got a mean left hook. <laughs> So that's a good choice. I totally forgot about him. Johnny be bad. <laughs> okay, go ahead with your number three. My number three is kind of ties in with, I think your number four, if I remember correctly. My number three is with his baby tonight. Oh. The roadie, road dog Jesse oh, James. Oh, okay, cool. The real Bubble J. Yeah, it's just because, you know, tied in, you know, since, you know, both of us, especially you have been a big fan of Rhodey oh, and her yeah. series, you know, I had to throw him in and since, you know, after he broke off with Double J, you know, later on, you know, then, yeah, it said that, you know, he's the one that actually sung that, you know, Double J's son and all that, and, you know, the real Double J, Jesse James, and I just liked his character and still do. Nice, nice. For my number three, I'm going to sing a little bit of a song. 
performed by this guy. TNA or Spike TV, come and run for WWE. That would be Ron Killings. (laughs) (laughs) That was an awesome, that was the weirdest performance by any of the people on my list because it was him sitting in his car filming himself with a cell phone cam <laughs> rapping about and he's like john cena i'm coming for you <laughs> it was it was so weird it was the weirdest thing ever and they did like three of them and they did it it didn't relate to like any of the actual whatever <laughs> which makes me laugh because especially when you that line you just saw that that john cena i'm coming <laughs> for you Especially since they had a pay-per-view match a couple years ago. Yeah, well, his and rat- John Cena won. Predicted it years before. Yeah, that I, I like your uh, I like you uh, doing your your Ron Killings impersonation, Beverly Hills. Yeah, maybe sure. we can platform many events. Use the platform many events of radio for your rap career. <laughs> well, my rap career. Yeah, right. Okay, my number two. He spends my day working hard on the go, and I can't remember the rest of the song. So I can't wait to be alone oh. with my baby tonight. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett, baby. <laughs> I used to know the lyrics to the for opening lyrics to that song, but awesome. sorry I butchered it. My baby tonight. <laughs> but I really liked. I guess now looking back at how cheesy it is, I really like Jeff Jarrett's, you know, I guess this time frame gimmick on being a country singer and all that, especially going on on faking, you know, singing that song and all that just makes me laugh. I really like like, uh, his gimmick back then. And, you know, he's my number two as well. Um, You know, looking back, it's really kind of, you know, cartoony or whatever, but it really fits into the time period and I think he portrayed it just as well as anyone could. Um, he made it what it was. So I, I liked that too. And I thought it really worked at the time. My number one, I'll see this song. I think we could say it at the same time. I got long side burns in my hair slicked back and coming to your town in a pink Cadillac. I'm just a honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. I'm just a honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. I'm the honky tonk man. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad. I'm bad. He's just a honky honky love. I'm just a honky 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 love. I'm the one you've been dreaming of. You know you got to, got to, got to get a honky love. <laughs> Did you know Beverly Hills? I think right around the time we lived together for a semester. The okay. Honky Tonky Man came to the St. Cloud Armory. Did he really? Yeah, so it was with he the was Road Dog. I wish I would have went to it, but I didn't. Oh. I know. I am kicking my stuff now. I wish I would have went. <laughs> so, obviously, I feel like it's funny that our number two number ones are the same. Yeah. Honky Tonky Man is probably the best gimmick of a, of a you know, based off of music I think oh, yeah. ever done. Yeah, I think it begins and ends with Talkie Talk Man. He's for sure number one. Because, like, I think when you look at, you know, if we would do top five musical gimmicks or 
top five any like other kind of like silly thing. It's all about taking that silliness or whatever and then like making something out of it. You know, Honky Tongue Man took what could have been just the dumbest thing ever, right? He's an Elvis impersonator, uh, country musician or whatever. And he took that and turned it into a gimmick that lasted like six years. He was, you know, obviously the longest reigning um, intercontinental, champion of, intercontinental all champion of all time. He's parlayed it into a independent career that he's made a living out of for now 20 25 more years. Yeah, he's, he's still doing nowadays. Yeah. Still, still doing, still making enough to survive. Um, you you can't, I, I just think it, like I said, it begins and ends right there. Which I totally agree with you that the hockey talk man is probably, I guess probably looked at, looked upon as probably the one, one of the better eight, late eighties gimmicks that the WWF put out. Yeah. So, which I very, very enjoy and still, you know, it still makes me laugh that people still know his theme song. Yeah, right. And he hasn't been on TV except for sporadic appearances, you know, in yeah. 25 years. So I'm happy we brought back the top five list for this week, Beverly Hills. Yeah, well, I think that's how it's going to be is just like when it strikes us. Fair enough. Or, yeah. you know, when when it works with what we're doing. Yeah, which I enjoy. So mm-hmm. Right on. So, I guess, do you have any uh, closing co- comments or any final thoughts or anything, Beverly? I maybe have a final thought for today. What is it, Beverly? Well, you know, today is Valentine's Day, right? Yes. And a lot of people think that Valentine's Day is just for, you know, having a romance. And if you have a romance like I do with Mrs. Beverly Hills, that's awesome. But think about your the love that you have you know if you have a family think about them think about the love you have for your family or even if you don't today is the day to love yourself you know think think about your think about yourself and think about you know the good things you do for other people or for yourself and just you know treat whoever you have love for on on today and give them a call say how much you love them i echo that that, you know, since well, when this gets uploaded might be, you know, probably the day after. So take this yeah. week to tell the people that you love that you love them. Yep. And you know, pre you know, tell the people that you appreciate, you know, if it's blood or if it's not blood, like what Beverly yeah. said. Yeah, tell them that how much you appreciate them. Right on. And Beverly Hills, to pull a line from another gimmick from the 80s. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> so he is Mr. Beverly Hills. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We catch you guys next time on Mid Event Status Radio. Goodbye, America. We sound good. We sound really good. I'm freaking out. We sound great.